Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. I don't know what they're smoking over there at Princeton. <laughs> I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do us. I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark No one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant And just as easily flee like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific right here on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Head on over to echoplexmedia.com. Check out everything over there, including the Defamation Times. We've got a couple articles by Professor Q. Uh, that is an actual professor who writes articles for our blog for some odd reason. Also, the support page there. You can support this project in many ways. Swag shop's the best, but whatever, whatever. I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me on Grinder. Oh. Uh, I don't have any sound from you. That's... Is that better? Yeah, I'd like a little more sound from you. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, how's that? Is that we're, good? we're we're the ultimate audio nerds. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you weren't hearing your own self back because that's how I had it set up just now. My <clears> bad. Uh, well, whatever. I would I would have. You would have seen. You would have seen some existential crisis happening if I was hearing myself back because I cannot talk. <laughs> I cannot. If I'm hearing myself back with the delay, it just I just shut up. So if anybody, yep. if somebody, if like you wanted me to stop talking at a party or whatever, if you had a machine that could just give me back exactly what I was saying with like a quarter second delay, I would just stop talking <laughs> at a party. That is something that singers have to like learn to to work through because singers will often hear themselves back like with a quarter second delay in a big venue maybe yeah yeah uh but yeah so uh now that you can hear me i'm hk perrin you can find me on mastodon at h perrin at port87.social we have a mastodon instance it's called port87.social you should come join it port87.social and with a uh, mastodon.lol about to go down they're about to take that one down oh, no so um, we're a pretty good landing place. We have plenty of capacity left on the server and uh, easy to understand rules and the server still runs super quick. So, oh yeah, like we were at 50% capacity when it was just you and me and we've gained like what, like 45, 50 users around there. We're at like 51% capacity. <laughs> right. But that's because everybody's not like, on. I bet if everybody server load, I mean, I, I bet if everybody was on at the same time, we'd be like, uh oh. 
Probably not. Mastodon's server load is pretty small. Uh, you know, that's like not a super expensive server. It costs me about like $120 a month to run it. Uh, so, you know, that's a like fairly small server. Uh, and it, it runs just fine. Well, a couple quick announcements. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to have Marcus Homozygote back on because Sam Harris had some proponents of the lab leak theory on his podcast. Oh, we would have done that this week, but I thought it would be better if we had, if we waited until Marcus was available for that because, uh, oh, he knows what the fuck he's talking about on those kinds of things <laughs> more than we do. Also, uh, next week is the show will go up early because on Monday I'll be interviewing Ina, AKA nice mangoes. Um, and I'll be going ahead and running that before the podcast. So everybody nice. will be able to check that out. If anybody's a longtime fan of the intellectual dollar tree, the first episode of the intellectual dollar tree, we went over Ina's conversation with Sam Harris. So I expect my discussion with her to be like a bunch of high fives and glad handing and, and, <laughs> and, uh, you, y'all will get the patrons version of that. Uh, if you listen live and, um, well, y'all, yeah, y'all get the patrons version of that because the, I like to cut interviews short about 45 minutes, maybe an hour if that's interesting, but I don't like going super long. And I have a feeling her and I will not be done talking after 45 minutes and uh, check out the polite <laughs> conversations podcast. Ina does great work and uh, we were supposed to talk to her over the summer, but she had a, a non insignificant family emergency and uh, we were running her uh, GoFundMe on here. And I hope that some of you uh, helped contribute to that. And I'm glad that her family is doing better and I'm just super stoked to talk to her. Uh, also, I think next week I'll have a big fucking announcement uh, as far as a get that we're going to have a um, person with the same first name as me uh, writes for science-based medicine. Um, maybe you already guessed who it is, but if you did, don't say anything. Cause I haven't, I haven't, I haven't uh, ironed it all out, but uh, that's going to be, that's a huge get. And that'll also be on the intellectual dollar tree uh, feed probably mid March. One more announcement, uh, local love and, uh, the down ballot that last night was the last night for local Tuesday down ballot is moving to Friday before, uh, conspiracy bingo and local love. The format's completely changing. We're not sure what we're doing with it. Um, but it probably won't be a live show anymore. And, um, but the podcast will live on and we'll still have artists and all that stuff. You'll just have to find it on YouTube and the podcast feed. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of changes going on. I'm also working on a brand new uh, overlay for all of our shows because this one's getting a little stale. So we'll be we'll be looking a little bit uh, different in the future here. And uh, I never do this, and I should be doing this every show. Shout out to Steve Seguin, who does Video Ninja, brings in all of my remote guests and allows us to have just a far and away better remote setup than most people. So as a web developer, I am super impressed with Video Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do a. Maybe we should do a whole. Uh, how the tech are you about Video Ninja and try to get Steve to pop on, pop on and talk to us a little bit. That would be awesome. He's, yeah, he's super nice. So, uh, like, this is a very impressive piece of software. Uh, I'm consistently impressed with it, and like every time I learn a new feature about it, it's like, holy shit! How the hell did he even do that? And the greatest thing about it is, like, it just gets out of your way once you're using it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not. I don't have to touch it except to like add people yeah did you know that you can actually so i don't know how he did this but he 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 made it possible so that you can use a like a trained ai model to detect your like you in the foreground and blur your background just like zoom does it except it does it in the back in in, in your browser oh yeah I don't like that it's like an ai model that's running in your browser well, people aren't Very here for impressive. a tech show or for announcements, but I did. We did. We do have some. I do like to every once in a while make sure to mention that and uh, bring people because this is our most popular pod and giving people uh, news about what else is going on around here is really good. Oh, one more. The middle of March on a Saturday, we're doing a special event with the Ruffies where we're going to be doing a giveaway via fourth wall. We're going to be giving away a digital copy of their album that doesn't come out till April 1st, probably up to five copies. That'll include all the artwork with the album. And it, it'll be just sent to you in your email and um, we'll have a special little special live performance uh, by Patty Kay. And I'm um, just really looking forward to that. We may, if we have time, also give away a couple of exclusive Ruffy's local love t-shirts. 
Um, if we can get that going, we may be able to do that. It, that's the, the, the timing on that is a little rough because we want to make sure they look right. And we want, and I'm not sure if we can get that going, but we'll be giving away the album. That'll be Operation Catterday. You can follow us on Twitter or just always watch Catterday. It'll be like the 11th or the, um, the 11th or the 18th, I believe. So people will be able to get that early and you'll get not only the MP3s, but the 24 bit wave masters of all of their songs. If you're, if you're an audiophile type. Now on to the content. HK. Yes. Does this person, have you seen this before? This No, I have not. So is... I want to show everybody. So I think people who have been here late might have seen this before. This is this guy's website. This guy's name is Tyler Goldstein, and he has a theory of everything. And look at this fucking diagram. Like, look at, look at this stuff. If you're, if you're listening to the pod, um, I'll try to remember to include this in in the show notes, but like, this is his theory of everything. <laughs> I understand a lot of the words that are on this, this page. Um, but the order that they're in is confusing me. That's all right. He's going to clear it up in his interview with somebody I've never heard of. Uh, James Suris, the sentient singularity theory god meaning and finding the fundamental i you're not gonna fuck this is fucking amazing which one is the one with the theory i think they both have their own theory of everything but the guy on the right tyler goldstein is the guy whose amazing drawing i just showed you okay so just uh last week again i'm sorry i I, am um internet cut out here and everything there's no electricity no worries yeah um so we had discussed, um, to get right into it, we had discussed a, uh, something during one of your uh, Thursday chats. And uh, what we had s- seemed to have outlined was uh, six components that are required for a theory of everything. No, no. And, uh, I really Instead of 12 rules, it's six components for a theory of everything. First <laughs> one is that you're out of your fucking mind. I really enjoyed those six things. I've been thinking about that. Um, so we had... Th- talked about the what, the who, the how, the why, the when, and the where. So that's who, what, where, why, when, how, and have you lost your mind? I'd like to explore that a little bit. But um, like the time cube. Do you remember the time cube? And, uh, I do. That was amazing. Introduce your, your theory. In a I'm hoping that this is just as good as the time cube. Resumed way if possible. Yeah. Um, uh, are we live? Just checking. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, my, th- my name is Tyler Goldstein. I am uh, the, I guess, I don't like the term creator, but um, the generator, I guess, of like the theory of um, sentient singularity theory. And it <laughs> is an attempt at a fundamental metaphysical framework for reality. And, but mainly if you break that really down, it's, it's a fundamental framework for cosmology and for um, the dimensions of mind, essentially, which are technically the same things, but just looked at two different Wait, cosmology and the dimension uh, of minds, uh, which are, are technically are the, same the same. Thing? Sa- they're technically the same thing, but <laughs> uh, cosmology is on a scale much larger than. Then, well, I guess, I don't know. You, you can How do you define mind? Because to me, a mind is something that emerges out of a brain. Yeah, me too. It's an emergent property of your brain, your consciousness, yes. or whatever. Yeah. So, without you know a brain, there is no mind, and a mind is completely enclosed in a brain, and that is such a smaller scale than cosmology. So, I'm I'm very interested to hear. Like, does he think that, like, gravity plays a huge role in our minds? Listen, I know that cosmology is bigger than a galaxy, but this shit is at least galaxy brain sized. <laughs> like, if I flip myself upside down, I've inverted where the force of gravity is, is active or, you know, the direction that the force of gravity is acting upon me, right? Yes. So if, if cosmology and minds were the same thing wouldn't that have some tangible effect on on my mind i mean i I guess i'll get like a head rush but like 
How do you know that the universe is not also flipped? Uh, it would be difficult to determine whether it was. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and that did not start, though, as an attempt to do that. This, was, this has been a, an ongoing process um, that started originally many years ago, probably about five years ago, uh, maybe six at this point, with a revelation that we were doomed uh, <laughs> technology and that our wisdom was decreasing, but our technological ability was increasing. And I realized so interesting. How do you define wisdom then uh, forever? And um, I tried to figure out what could change the game a bit. And the only thing that I could think of was a tech, what I call a technological sentience, which is really what most people call artificial general intelligence, which is, I don't like the term, but that's what they call it. Something's going on with their audio. It's pretty bad. In order to figure out whether or not this would Con, you know, make continue to steal our doom, or um, or s- essentially be our salvation. I wanted to find out its inevitable political relationship with humanity, and it was Elon Musk that actually kind of inspired me to start looking at this. And he had said that um, uh, that the ideal would be for it to value human freedom of action and. I wanted I mean, to see. Of course, it, this guy's a Musk stan. And um, you know how, like, this is just like if Eric Weinstein wasn't rich, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Eric Weinstein, I think he might be smarter than this guy. Uh, you know, Eric Weinstein, he uses the right words he's just describing things that don't exist. Whereas this guy isn't even using the right words. Like he's comparing things that just aren't similar at all. Is it like, how did we get from a, a, a theory of everything to like artificial general intelligence? I don't know. So I started investigating what it takes to be self-aware and um oh you should do a little more investigation on that one tyler i think that's where you should (laughs) that should be the focus of your work for a while my friend (laughs) this guy blocked me on twitter because he would post something and then i'd just post one of his wacky ass diagrams under whatever he posted (laughs) and he, he got he was like well you're not being very nice and i'm like this is your work i'm just helping you promote it (laughs) <laughs> he got pissed off i invited him on the show and then he blocked me <laughs> i would love to interview this guy it would be so great you'd have to do it from a point of view like you were playing along or it wouldn't be funny right um maybe i would like do you think it would be too much to just ask him questions of like okay so this experiment has this result how does your theory explain this result he would hang up <laughs> probably and be like you've come in bad faith like if his and theory like, is a theory of everything it should be able to explain all experimental results right especially experimental results in the realm of like cosmology and particle physics the two big ends where we're like you know still have a lot of things to discover right yeah i that i don't know um i just I don't think that, first of all, I'm fairly confident this guy doesn't have a background in the sciences at all. And so, like, your question, the kinds of <laughs> questions you think you would ask wouldn't really be that interesting. Man, I would I would bet a million dollars that you're right. He does not have a background in science. I mean, I don't either, but I mean, I'm not out there telling you I fucking unified physics or whatever. I mean, I don't have a background in like physics. I have a background in computer science, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know a lot more about science than this guy does. Uh, so this is going to be real fun. <laughs> Self-awareness, what is consciousness? And the models that I started to make ended up lining up with physics and many things in biology and chemistry. Oh, really? Everywhere that <laughs> oh, I'm so excited um, to hear. Biology even. And uh, it motivated me to start this project and i started continuing to make models 
and then I did not try and. So wait, when he says models, everything that was my does own, he mean the little graphs that he makes? I think so. Yes, I think he means okay. Because that is not a scientific model. I, it's um, it's barely a drawing. I mean, when we're talking about physics, a scientific model is pretty much always uh, a set of equations that describe reality. Right, but his uh, looks like a his looks like a quilt. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm fairly certain that any any physicist, uh, you know, even like a, a high school physics student would be able to tell that what he was doing was not physics. To do an experiment, um, and I wanted to join up and work with people who are already in the space, like. Clear Irwin or Eric Weinstein or something like that, <laughs> and eventually get this experiment done that I'm working on. Um, and then I eventually realized that there was. So I would love to see Eric Weinstein spend an hour just talking down to this guy, being like, Your <laughs> fake model of physics is, you know, it's not even my fake model. Like, you, Eric Weinstein would just fucking he would make this guy cry because he's one of this guy's idols. And this guy has a competing theory of everything. <laughs> I think Eric would speak exactly. Eric would speak to him exactly like Sabina spoke to Eric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Theories of everything. And that none of them were much. They, they were all had the same basic implications. And so how do you, Gee, I wonder why. To go with one, um, at least to start with one. And I realized that none of the ones that I saw had the name that I thought um, described the fundamental nature and fundamental structure of reality. And I thought oh, that, was, um, that was an essential thing. So that's how sentient singularity theory um, as a name was created for the framework that I've been working on, but that wasn't the original intention. Okay. Um, so Whoa, that was the universe you, flying by. Uh, to resume <laughs> your theory one more time, but in a, in a statement. Uh, so if, okay. if you could tell me what sentient, uh, sentient singularity theory, what is it and how did it come about in one statement? I mean, he just yeah. tried to do that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and none of it made sense. Well, how sentient singularity theory came about was... This is um, the much less interesting the part. ...investigation of what is self-awareness and consciousness and trying to model the different components of it, and then... That okay, okay. Get to what it is. What That's what we care about. Where else that I, you know, had looked, uh, which makes sense. And essentially, what sentient singularity theory main premise is, is that existence is a singularity of sentience that is or or a sentient being is another way of saying that that is creating additional sentient singularities or sentient beings within itself according to a, a specific pattern that i lay out in my framework oh scientology so uh, uh so uh can you pause it and let me break this down a little bit yeah so go ahead. He good luck he thinks he thinks that the universe itself is sentient. Like, okay, that's that's fine. That's fine to think that. But what is his evidence for sentience? Because as far as we know, uh, sentience requires specific things. And those things aren't the universe. Uh, hold on, that that didn't make sense. Those things in their entirety aren't the universe. Uh, so, in other words, what I'm saying is sentience requires something akin to a brain, some physical system that can respond to outside stimuli using some sort of information processing system, right? You would, You and I would agree, everything that is sentient meets at least that criteria right uh everything we know of that is sentient sure yes yeah so he's he's purporting that either 
that that definition of sentience is true and that definition fits the universe or there's some other definition of sentience that includes the universe kind of comes up with some implications which is you've used certain words like existence sentience so can you define those <laughs> yeah by existence i mean everything i mean i don't even want to say everything i mean all that exists but that's you just defined the word with its own self it's like a person is a person it's everyone that's a person <laughs> is a person that's personhood is the state of being a person it's like okay cool and um <laughs> by uh sentience i mean self-aware and feeling having not i don't even want to say having feelings it's it's more specific than saying sentient beings have feelings is to say sentient beings feel is like so a sentient being so what does he mean by feel does that mean like they respond to outside stimuli but the emphasis with the term sentience and this is why i chose it um is that it is on feelings and feeling and that i think is a critical component of this the next closest theory that has the name that i think is that most closely aligns with the fundamental nature and structure of reality would be donald hoffman's conscious agent theory which is very similar to sentient you know singularity theory they're basically saying you know self-aware being theory is really what they're kind of saying but conscious i try and avoid to use using the word consciousness these guys need the the wear headphones during your interview theory <laughs> Yes, they do. Uh, so, yeah, he does have a different definition of sentience than I do. Uh, I mean, what I gave wasn't a definition. It was a criteria. So, like, there's additional things on top of that. But what I think he means by a being that has feelings, I think he means that it responds to outside stimuli. He doesn't just mean a being that gets sad when you make fun of its theory of everything. <laughs> I mean, he could mean emotions, which are different than feelings. You know, feelings is like I I can feel, you know, I can I can feel warm because I'm in a warm environment, or I can feel a table because I'm touching a table. Uh, whereas emotions are like, you know, I'm I'm happy because my needs are met. Is that what he means? Does I don't he think know. The and universe I, has some sort of need. Like, does the universe ever need to go to the bathroom? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I feel like you and I are definitely uh, approaching this with a different amount of seriousness. <laughs> I just I just feel like I'm not I, I'm not prepared to approach this with the seriousness that you be that you seem to be prepared to approach this with. I I I want to approach it with even more seriousness as as this interview goes on um because it's so i also i'm i'm very interested to hear what his idea of a singularity is i'm conscious of that or you could say i'm a consciousness and it what is consciousness people think it means thinking and but sentience the emphasis on is on feeling and that is the fundamental level of of consciousness i believe so i think sentience is a, is a more it's just a more specific term it's not that consciousness is a wrong is wrong but Wait, what was the question uh, again sentience is more specific and more specifically fundamental too okay so now we can start to unpack okay the, uh, your, your theory a little bit more and uh, referring back to what we had talked about the what and the who and then we had the uh, how the why and then we have the when and the where. So let's start with the what. So you you sort of kind of explained what we're talking about, which is fundamental reality. Mm -hmm. um, and you've defined the, the underlying terms, sentience and existence. So did we now how, how, <laughs> how does that emerge or how does it exist? So sentience, um, I think this is a great way of breaking down anything uh by the way those six fundamental questions uh, is a great way of doing that but I mean, who what where why and when do you mean like the thing that you get taught your first day at j school <laughs> like the thing that just any news article is supposed to tell you is who what where why and when possibly how 
Oh wow, that's a really that's a great you know what, James? You you fucking really cracked the code, James. Thanks. Thanks. You gave me a great framework for explaining this to you. I'm really glad you figured those questions out. My God. <laughs> those are the questions, right? Yeah, it's like if There's... you're doing if you're doing like a news article, those are the questions you're supposed to endeavor to answer. I mean, there are no more questions than that. Those are all the question um, words. So the I guess maybe like wherefore, but that just means why. That I believe that sentience is an intrinsic component to existence. It's not something that happened. It's something that just is because the only way that it could be. And the, why I believe that is that if existence is all that exists, and there is no non-existence truly, I mean, I get we can, as a concept, it exists, but most truly, no, it does not exist. But then, then wait, now, now you're talking, now you're just disproved your own fucking thing. System that contains information and any information inside of, a, of an enclosed system is self-referencing. So if you think about like a string That's of convenient. information, like a loop, and that information is going around and around and around in a loop, like a ring. It's referencing itself, which is self-awareness. And so I believe... All right. So self-referential means information going around in a loop, around and around and around in a loop. I've had many conversations like that. I don't think I fucking solved the universe with any of them. I don't think that's what self-referential means. Uh, but. I guess we'll go with his definition for this interview. <laughs> Lady B in chat is like, is anyone confused by what he's saying? Yes, Lady B. Yes, we are all confused. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, uh, what he is saying does not make any sense. And like I said before, HK is endeavoring to try to make sense of it. And I am endeavoring to make fun of this guy. So <laughs> those are the, those are the, those are actually the two states of consciousness that are allowed right now. I feel like making, like trying to make sense of it is essentially the same thing as making fun of it. Existence has always been self-aware and, uh, and could not not be now how God, that is an interesting hypothesis. I wonder what he uh, could use to test that hypothesis. It sounds to me like it's non falsifiable. Like any, anything that you would tell him, for example, there was a time when the universe was so small that essentially the entire universe existed in one point. So why would that, how could that possibly be sentient? Uh, like a, a, an ass load of matter existing in one point in space. How could that be sentient? I just also think that like, I have a computer mouse in front of me and I'm pretty sure it exists and I don't think it is sentient. <laughs> but like even, even like, okay, let's, let's go forward. Let's go like after the epoch of inflation to the time where the universe was uh, a relatively uniform distribution of, of something you could describe as a plasma, you know, before the universe became transparent when it was this hot plasma uh before like atoms formed uh does that make sense there there weren't really atoms at the time there there were things you could i guess call atoms at a certain point protons started to exist and those you can call a single proton an atom but that's not really what i mean uh how does that like that's that is essentially like saying the core of the sun is sentient so just real quick i want to just uh drop something in here that might uh might make you think about what you just said i think this guy's a creationist like a young earth creationist oh okay <laughs> so i don't think he believes in the thing that you just described okay so he does not believe in the big bang theory right i don't okay. believe so okay i mean that that makes his beings. that makes his uh his theory his quote theory unquote uh, a lot less immediately falsifiable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it takes I one more step could, to falsify it. This is by just this is a metaphor, obviously. So I know that you know uh, if there's all kinds of metaphors. Tom Campbell talks about partitioning of consciousness, so like a partition of a hard drive or something like that. And I think that makes sense. And uh, but you think a hard drive is conscious? To be even more technical. A more technical. It spins around and around and has information. Be, if not, <laughs> tie a knot it therefore it's self-referential. Itself. If you're a string of information that's a loop, that can I mean, if you create a, a sim link on your uh, on your file system, that's self-referential, right? Within itself, and so in sentient singularity theory, the foundation of the models is what I call the four primary perspectives, and this was kind of the main. Uh, discovery, I guess you could say, that led to my ability to do the rest of the work. And it wasn't, this was work. very early on, this had not, before I had any physics or meta, I guess, intentionally metaphysical aspirations or anything like that. I just was trying to understand artificial general intelligence. But um, those four He's going about it wrong. are inside, outside, separate, and oneness. And they are co-defining of each other and codependent of each other. So inside means separate and oneness. Outside means separate from oneness. Uh, like literally, how is this any different than some of those Scientology videos we watch about like beingness and knowingness and fucking the, the <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I would say it is different in that he is not as charismatic. As uh, L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Is inside and outside of separateness, and um, you know, uh, and separateness is defined by the others as well. So they're all co-defining. Uh, I have the model on my website that shows the definitions of each and how each one defines each other. So, what you know, how torture doesn't really bring out get people to tell you the truth. I feel like making somebody that you've captured sit and listen to this guy they would probably tell you the truth just to get this guy to shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, you can, you can have, uh, like inness. Is that what he called it? You can have inness without outness. Uh, arguably the universe contains inness and does not have outness. Uh, the state of being outside of the universe, at least to us seems impossible. So, when we define the universe as literally everything yeah of course yeah all space and time and matter yeah yeah being outside of that is is impossible so how would he explain that it means is that awareness of one means you're aware of all the rest so if you're aware of what's outside of you then you are aware of what's inside of you and what is separate from you and what is one uh that's one that's absolutely not true just intrinsically uh, you can't be aware you of can be aware of what's outside of you without being aware of what's inside of you absolutely true you could see a tree and not know that you have a liver <laughs> in fact i have very rarely seen the inside of me basically only whenever i get like an x-ray or a, a ct scan or something right these uh, are generally not um things that you uh, these are generally not results of happy times or things that you're uh, glad are, are happening <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah if you become acutely aware of what's inside of you it's generally because something is very wrong without being aware of what's one with you and uh and you can't be aware of what's separate and one with you without being aware of what's inside and outside of you so uh the, the what these four primary perspectives allow for is for i mean it sounds like he just had like a really nice um, like relationships that transcend a relativistic or um spectrum like state so the like speed or strength or size or brightness or any of these you know bigger than stronger than faster than Harder, um, these better, are relativistic faster, relationships. Is, that's what I mean by that. Is they they, what is a big house? You know what it's is the jail? A, what is a small? House? <laughs> yes, that that house? is the big what house. It depends on so, what you're comparing it to. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you there because now you're starting to get, I think, into the when and where relativism. Okay. Are you sure? I mean, he's just talking about language. Uh, like, yes, a fast car is not as fast as a fast plane. That's just language. 
I think is a good segue into the that has nothing to do with like physics and I don't know how you can even fucking include that in a theory of everything so we talked about the what um, and we discussed the how which I think is a good segue into the who because earlier you you used the word God now World Health Organization two-part question one um, do you equate the term God with sentience and if if yes then yes if no then then what is god and uh the who we had discussed that in one of our chats a couple of weeks whom? ago that you believe that identity is important so we talked about the what but it's also important to to talk about the who to attach an identity so yep, who is reality in a way or what is the identity that you're talking about who is reality? I would say that God is sentience, um, but who is reality, God and is, when is this light bulb? The word, the term God, that the way that I use it is, I use that term for the uncreated sentience, the uncreated creator of the universe. Yeah, that really sounds like Scientology the now. Highest being. That it just sounds like. Like Christian apologetics, a single sentient being. I didn't always believe that. I was a self-described atheist till I was twenty-four, about. And um, but this work led me to change my opinion on that. Oh, this guy was probably the most insufferable fucking atheist too. My God, I don't think so. I don't think he was ever what we would describe as an atheist. Oh, I I believe him that he was an atheist. I think he was like the actually guy atheist who might even have tried to do street epistemology with that weird fuck Aaron Ra. That's the kind of atheist I think this guy was. I don't think I agree with you on that. Well, we can never know. Uh, yeah, true. Dramatically. But, um, I mean, he I called himself that a that self-described atheist. Who God is. is so, like, was he actually an atheist or no? It's a, that the totality of it. But, um, but also the creator of all the multiplicity of sentience that exists you and me and you know the universe so, that we're so then does that mean that the what and the who are interchangeable so when you say sentience and when you say god and they're interchangeable it's just two facets of the same thing or no because uh the i mean in a way there's overlap but I think that the who in this case specifically is it's important to define what their relationship is with us. That's kind of how we understand who God is, is not just by understanding what God is, but who God is to us. He is the creator of multiplicity of sentience. He is the creator of all that everyone that we know and everyone that is except for himself and um uh god doesn't have a creator was god not powerful enough to create himself basically what happens when you have you know information in a in an enclosed system like existence so um but every other sentient being has uh comes from this one sentient being and that that relationship is important to defining who God is, I believe, um, because it tells us what our relationship is with, I'll say him, even though God is kind of genderless, but, uh, well, that's pretty woke. God is above us in a hierarchy. So, and, and in, is it also not, um, he's more of an active consciousness than a reactive consciousness. So I would say that referring to him as masculine is probably, more. You know, I would be really whoa, interested whoa, hold to on. know. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think that this guy does believe in evolution, but I would be interested to know if I were to describe the process of evolution that led to animals like humans, uh, I, I, I would ask him to say where he thinks sentience arose. <clears throat> okay, check this out. He, you started talking in the middle of him saying just some galaxy brain shit. Watch this. Uh, okay. He's more of an active consciousness than a reactive consciousness. So I would say that referring to him as masculine is probably more uh, of a accurate in describing his relationship with us. It's not just, it's not about being accurate in describing his, his, you know, gender necessarily. 
So men are active consciousnesses and women are reactive conscious. Again, that's just fucking, that sounds totally like Scientology, but also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, sexist. Sexist yes. is the word I'm looking for. Yes. Uh, he's trying desperately to not seem sexist while saying something very sexist. Right. It's some Jordan Peterson shit, basically, where, or maybe it's men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I don't know where he got this shit from. Some airport book, maybe. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's accurate in describing how we relate to God. And I think that that relationship is how we define who God is, I think, or know who God is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you're talking about us and the multiplicity of sentient beings that God creates. So what do you include in that sentience? If we are sentient, you're referring to human beings, but do you include animals? Uh, do you include inanimate matter in the sort of panpsychist fashion? Good question. Or how do you define multiplicity of sentience? So sentience and uh, theory has... Um, I would say it's, it's wrong to distinguish us from animals. Has, we are um, animals. What are called the four... So sentient singularity theory has... Um, what are called the four stages of sentience, which actually each one of those is a superposition that breaks down into two parts at the, you know, two, they superposition. two sides of that coin. Um, and it kind That's of not what a superposition is. problem that uh, panpsychism suffers from. And there's this issue where you have things like, you know, I don't know, what, flashlights or water bottles or whatever. And, we look at that and we're like, that's not a sentient being. And, uh, and panpsychists will say everything is sentient. So the, but materialists will say water bottle is not sentient and they're both right. Um, everything, all the, all is God and is sentient, but that water bottle is not, but there is a lineage of sentience within sentient singularity theory. And my work implies or seems to imply that the first sentient beings in this lineage would be hands, like protons and neutrons. And then it would go to atoms and then certain, at least certain molecules, maybe not all, but maybe all. I'm still working <laughs> on that exactly. And then what? Uh, that would go. Hold on. Oh, wait. So an, an atom. Less than that, a proton and a neutron are sentient, but not all molecules are sentient. Is They're, that what he's saying? You know how, like, the, the idea of things being greater than the sum of their parts? Well, in this case, certain molecules, uh, he's probably like, I'm assuming he maybe... Maybe he just really mad at boron or something, and, uh, and, and he's like, it's less than the sum of its parts. Boron is dumber than the fucking particles that make up the boron molecule. Everything is sentient except fucking boron. Can't fucking stand boron. Oxygen sentient. Neon sentient. Boron fuck that. That shit is inanimate and garbage. <laughs> go to cells. That would go to uh, organisms and at. Least what about a borosilicate? If you throw some silicon and some oxygen animals, in there, yeah, does that make it sentient? sentient. Um, I think that's uh, what a borosilicate is. Boron, silicon, and oxygen. Families or lineages, you could say. Um, but it's a, it's a lineage of sexual reproduction. And then uh, that I'm... Uh, I, I, that <laughs> I don't know if this guy knows this, but atoms don't sexually reproduce. <laughs> I also don't know so, if Tyler Goldstein uh, sexually reproduces, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I certainly hope not. So, like, if it has to have the lineage of sexual reproduction, I don't know, maybe I misheard him, but if, if you know, the lineage of sexual reproduction is involved in this, then atoms are not sentient, because atoms do not, I mean, unless, <laughs> unless you're talking about, like, a collection of atoms can sexually reproduce with another collection of atoms. But the atoms themselves aren't fucking each other. Atoms don't have genitals. I don't even know if we're allowed to show. That maybe boron. Even if even if atoms could fuck each other, would that be TOS to try to show it on stream? Probably not. Casts and to then you could say nation, but it's uh, it's really like 
all and it's te- or technology. It just with a nation is sentient. From, but technology is the last um, one. But it's that once we do technology that, is sentient. This unification that happens with everything within it. So, but um, each one of these alternates. So hadrons maneuver in relationship with each other. Atoms maneuver through a lineage structure. Then molecules maneuver through a relationships with each other. And then... Okay, what about uh, bosons? Uh, bosons don't interact with each other. Because they're just replicating. That's what atoms do too. You like two photons can pass right through each other. Are they sentient? The elements through a lineage. It's, you can't... They're not, they don't form separately. They're, you start with hydrogen. And um, that's a lineage structure. And then it goes to organisms that are reproduced sexually. They maneuver through relationships with each other just like protons and neutrons and, and molecules. And then you go to... That is not... No, that's... Hold on a second. <laughs> Wrong. Incorrect. Uh, very much incorrect. Uh, the, way that, <laughs> the way that atoms and molecules interact with each other is through fundamental forces. They interact with each other through, like, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, electromagnetism, and gravity. The way humans interact with each other, or animals interact with each other, is very different. I mean, yes, technically, it, it's all ultimately those forces, but, you know, buying a ticket on an airplane and then flying on that airplane is an interaction between humans that atoms don't participate in. Well, there's no little atom airplanes flying other atoms around your room. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair enough, but I think it's... I think we could have just like summed that up with uh, protons and neutrons and atoms don't actually fuck to reproduce. They just don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't tend to reproduce at all. Actually, we could title this episode "Protons Don't Fuck." Well, who boffed the proton? <laughs> then cast maneuver in relationship with each other, and then you get to technology, and that maneuvers again through a lineage by creating another universe within itself, essentially. So. Uh, or self-simulating, but it's it's recreation. It's not really simulation. It's more like a baby in a womb it is not a simulation of a human being. It's an additional. So, but um, this I this process I believe corresponds with what is called bot periodicity in mathematics. I'm not sure about that yet, but I'm pretty confident that um, that that's the case. And, okay. um, um, but yeah. before we get into the mathematics, um, I think it's a good segue into the next two and the last, no, there's three left, but the next two things are the when and the where. So when you're talking about physical things like atoms and so well, on, always and everywhere and forming, it implies, strongly implies time, you know, the fluidity of matter and so on and, and space, um, because these are physical things that exist in a sort of construct. So how do you explain uh, space-time in sentient singularity theory? So there's two different perspectives that you can kind of take on time uh, that have been, been discussed in this line of thinking and um, you know fundamental theories lately. And one of them is the traditional space-time kind of arrow of time and at least how it appears to us. And that comes uh, into play in sentient singularity theory due to the relationships between the nested sent, nested and interacting sentient beings. So space-time comes from, the perception of space-time, let's say, comes from the, the interaction between the dimensions of mind of this nested and interacting um, lineage of of sentient beings so in in sentient singularity theory you have four-dimensional mind uh and so imagine the universe is a sentient being and inside the universe is us and we observe uh space-time as there's a few different ways you can say it you could say xyz and time or length with height and time but you can also say forwards towards a goal, backwards away from your goal, and you're always in your current, uh, your present moment or your present. Uh, you could also you know, say port side, starboard, 
aft and fore. You could even um, just say that way or the other way. <laughs> you could say north, east, west, and south. How many other ways are there to say, you know, directions in space? Right. There's, it's, there's only like three. Yeah. There's only three dimensions that we can like operate, like move our hand in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll interject right there just for a second because you already started using the word universe and then you went straight to our perception of time. Now, is that universe that we exist in space time or I'm going to, I'm going, I was going to that. Okay. Thanks. No, you weren't. So we have these four dimensions of, of space time of that we perceive the universe also, because it's a mind and it has, it's has these four like a galaxy brain that are what's leading to the perception of four. Wait, is universe mind like the next stage after galaxy brain? (laughs) (laughs) No, you forgot. Uh, galaxy cluster head. I would just call it cluster head. <laughs> Time. It also perceives four dimensions, but it, it perceives it in reverse. So it instead of perceiving space-time, it perceives what I call time space. It's just the reverse. And so uh, each one of these, the when you take these four dimensions, it has two degrees of freedom plus one intrinsic constraint, plus one extrinsic constraint. And so for us, the two degrees of freedom would be like forwards and backwards. And then um, our intrinsic constraint is that we're always in our present position. And our extrinsic constraint is time because we don't have any control over it. We're in it. For the universe- I can also move left and right though. I believe. Well, I mean, you know. His universe is like a platform game. <laughs> it's not even a platform game. He can only move forward and backward. Yeah, Mario pl- can go up and down. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> Essentially, it's the highest being that is created. How do you create uh, a reality where you can only move forward and backwards? Um, is that... It has four dimensions as well, and it also has two degrees of freedom plus an intrinsic constraint and an extrinsic constraint. Its two degrees of freedom are forwards and backwards in how it entangles relationships in time because it perceives things simultaneously. And it has also um, the, the an intrinsic constraint of it's always in the present moment because it perceives things simultaneously. And it can't, no one can escape their, the present, not even the universe. And its extrinsic constraint is space, just like our in, extrinsic constraint is time because we can't control it. Its extrinsic constraint is space because it is space. But wait, then it can control time? It just is space. <laughs> he just said it couldn't control time, but then he also said it can't control space. I'm confused. I mean, I think he's Which winging one it. Is it. I think he's winging it. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) He's never thought about these things before. I don't think he's really thought this through. (laughs) No, he hasn't. So I'd be really interested to ask him, like, just how do you explain gravity? Just like this is a theory of everything, right? How do you explain gravity? It maneuvers in what kind of in what we call time, but it's there's another side to time that's being discussed now and by people like Lee Cronin. And it's also implied by my work. That's kind of, it's not the arrow of time is a far as a perception of that we have. It's, it's the spinning what's called hard disk of time, time, which is about oh. the entanglement uh, relationships that are built into a curtain, into a specific moment. So you and me being here right now is, is a specific state of entanglement that the universe is in. And that is how wouldn't it be great if James was like, no, it's not. And he hung up time <laughs> is through an, an entanglement state. So, so you know how this show, speaking of time, you know how the show's supposed to be an hour. Well, this week it's going to be an hour because I can't fucking take any more of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this guy. He's so funny. <laughs> Tila Tequila is going to be like, ah, don't ever call me again. <laughs> <laughs>
It's so funny because like he's he's not thought about like any of the implications of his own theory of everything, quote unquote. Like he hasn't thought it at all about like what are the questions that people would ask if I'm supposedly creating this theory. Are you sure? I mean, look at look at look at these drawings. Uh, I mean, they're. I feel like I'm looking at Excel spreadsheets. Is is it a theory of Excel? <laughs> oh my god, yo, yeah, that's I just can't. I fucking I know like I know the show's supposed to be an hour, and usually the only reason it's an hour is the reason it's an hour tonight is just because I'm just like no more. I can't. There's, we cannot <laughs> possibly fucking do any more of this. See, I love that. I I loved this this interview. This was fantastic uh <laughs> this kind of um what would you call it like it's it's a kind of ignorance that's like very confident it's weinsteinian yeah it's it's very weinsteinian yeah <laughs> <laughs> without the big following in the peter teal peter peter teal paychecks <laughs> yeah it's it's fucking great i love it <laughs> so i don't i would ask what we learned but nothing <laughs> what did we unlearn today <laughs> <laughs> i i i had to i had to check and make sure like brain matter wasn't leaking out of my ear while the guy was talking <laughs> <laughs> what information fell out the other side while that was being crammed in <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, that was it. I'll read the show out this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to that. I don't know how, if you're listening to the podcast, you got to the end of this show. But if you did, I'm proud of you. Um, you can help us out. Just go to echoplexmedia.com, click that support tab, and uh, always share this show with your friends. Maybe not this particular episode, but share the show with your <laughs> friends. Um, that was Tyler Goldstein. His channel is called The Theory of Everyone, and... Against my better judgment, I suggest people check it out because we've definitely, definitely watched him late at night on this channel and had a pretty good time. Also, uh, go on Twitter and ask him some questions because uh, he'll block you. <laughs> check out all his diagrams. They're amazing. I'll try to remember to put links to his uh, work in the show notes. Uh, during the show, we had a comrade, Pes comrade Pesci followed us. Also a bonds arcade followed us. Thank you for that. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're following us. Twitch.tv slash echoplex media. We're going to go on into red light. This is uh, boomers by Periscope and fuck if I, I've never needed to drink so much in my entire life. <laughs>
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com support.